Hey, Remark Nurses, it's Monday. We are going over the NCLEX topic, tuberculosis on today. Also, how to pass NCLEX Monday motivation. It's good to be back in the building, ready and willing to help you pass your NCLEX this year. 2023 is your year. Y'all, I just thank y'all for the prayers, for getting me here. Shout out to Mark who held it down for me last week in my absence. You guys were so, so kind to him as the number two NCLEX instructor on the planet. <laughs> uh, but we got a lot going on. It's Monday. It's the start of a week. A lot to talk about. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Shout out to my nurses all over. Uh, we got, we got the love your content. I could barely say it. The love your content event is coming. We're, we're almost in February. And so this is the free NCLEX review, specifically around maternity. It's going to give next gen vibes because I am, I'm feeling that vibe. So we're going to look at a patient case study. We're going to work it together and I'm going to be challenging you. So if you think you know maternity for NCLEX, show up to love your content. It's February 15th and 16th. It's a two day review. It's a two day review. And um, so that is what is happening. Also, if you're in the V2 and you have V2 and you're in there and you're like, hey, Regina, what is going on? The 30 day challenge. Okay. So some, some are missing. Some are absolutely missing, but I'm getting back on it today. So I will be making up the missing videos from the 30 day challenge. Uh, just tarry with me just a little bit longer. I went to this restaurant. You, they, they make it food in front of you is supposed to be fresh. And what, what made it even worse, because last, last week I had food poisoning. I'm not going to say the restaurant, but if you know, you know. And I got the I got the bowl with the guacamole and the sour cream. And I had I had did a fast because you guys know I'm a big faster. Like I go on these fasts, just physical, spiritual cleansing. So I'm like saying to myself, okay, when I come off this fast, I'm going to have a healthy meal. And so I went and I had a healthy meal. And because I think I was in a fasted state, my body just absorbed all of that poison. And it just made it so worse. It took me a long time to recover. Food poisoning is not for the wink. I needed y'all prayers to get through that. And so I'm just so grateful. Long story short, I'm back in the lab recording. Let's get into it, all right? V2 is ready for you passing NCLEX with the four-week program. Now, listen, the value for V2 is $479, and that includes the question bank, the downloadable workbook, all the quizzes, everything, the study calendar, $89. $89 right now is what, what we're doing. We're giving it away to you, but there will be a price increase March 1st. We're warning you guys, take advantage of this $89 price right now. And I will see you inside of V2. I'm loving it every day. Um, every day, I'll, I'll go back into it a little bit later, but man, so happy. V2 is the best, loving it. All right, so today we're talking about tuberculosis. I really was excited to get back on this topic. I know it's something that we learn a lot about in nursing school, but for NCLEX, particularly the next-gen NCLEX, 
one of the big things, what did I tell you? One of the big things about next-gen NCLEX is going to be those differential diagnosis. So these are uh, disease processes that present clinically the same. Tuberculosis is one of them. It is a great imposter because tuberculosis can look like what? What are some things tuberculosis can look like? If you think about tuberculosis, it can look like HIV in the beginning, right? Um, it can also be looking like lupus. And so with the differential diagnosis and just being very confident in our knowledge, hey, uh, we, we're going to cover TB today. All right. So yes, it could look like pneumonia too. So TB is one of those great impersonators of other diseases. So let's get into it. All right. So when we're talking about tuberculosis, we know that this is an airborne disease. So we're using airborne precautions and it's caused by bacterium, mycobacterium tuberculosis, or we're gonna shorten it and just say M tuberculosis, right? And um, the organisms individually are called tuber uh, tubercule bacilli. So these are, a very serious group of bacteria when they come together they will cause all types of issues for your patient do me a favor tag your favorite nursing student and subscribe to my youtube channel y'all come on i just i'm like when i see the numbers climb on the youtube channel i'm like oh yes we're growing as a community so i love it subscribe to the channel now signs and symptoms Signs and symptoms of a tuberculosis infection are going to be weakness. And think about the other diseases that present like this. Weight loss. These are general symptoms of TB. Fever, night sweats, coughing, and chest pain. So the general symptoms of TB, you're not feeling well. You feel sick, you feel weak, you have weight loss, right? Um, and then sometimes you can also have coughing, right? Chest pain, coughing up blood, okay? Uh, so it just really depends on where the tuberculosis is manifesting. And we'll get into that a little bit later. All right. So isolation and infection control are part of your... Um, knowledge competencies for NCLEX. You have to know how bacterial and viral infections are spread. So TB is spread from person to person through the air. Okay. The, the airborne particles, they have a one to five micron in diameter. Okay. Infectious droplet nuclei are generated when persons who have pulmonary or laryngeal tuberculosis disease when they cough, when they sing, when they shout, when they sneeze, okay? So if the particles are able to travel, then they must be of a certain size, okay? Think about that. And think about the way that people are, are catching this, okay? You're coughing, you're sneezing, you're shouting, you are singing, and so that means that the, the TB virus, I mean, I'm sorry, the TB bacteria, I need to say, they're in the lungs and in their throat, okay? And the thing about it is 
when this bacteria is released into the air, it can stay in the air for how long? How long can TV stay in the air? Is it there for just a few minutes? All right, no. Tuberculosis can stay in the air for several hours. It's very contagious, very contagious. Hi, everybody, come on in, we're studying. Okay, so um, when you or another person breathes in, then it is a, you're able to become infected. You're able to become infected. So uh, there is a latent TB, and then there is the TB disease, TB disease. So latent TB, uh, people with latent tuberculosis infections have the tuberculosis germs in their bodies, but they're not sick. And so this is very interesting because you can have tuberculosis, but it's not active. And so if it's not active, if you have latent tuberculosis, then you're not going to have the symptoms of the disease. Now, it's possible that you get the disease in the future, okay, meaning that you have active signs of infection, but at this time, you, you don't. Now, people with the tuberculosis disease are actually sick from the germs because the germs are active. So what does that mean? When I say the germs are active, if we talk about a bacterial infection and it's not latent, like, you know, sometimes we talk about syphilis. Um, when we talk about tuberculosis and I say that the, the germ is active, what does that mean to you as a nurse? What do you say? Well, what that means is that the bacteria is what? It is growing. It is rapidly multiplying and dividing and the cells are spreading and is spreading. Yes, it's spreading. And it's causing damage to the area that it is in. It's causing damage to that patient. And also it's contagious, right? That's a good point too. But if the germs are active, they are damaging, they are harming your patient. So that's what we have. And then um, again, the, the patient is capable of spreading this disease, spreading this disease. So who are the people who are at risk for tuberculosis? Well, persons with HIV, and that just makes sense, okay? Children younger than five years of age. And that makes sense too, because now we're looking at a trend of people who are immunocompromised, persons who recently infected with uh, M. tuberculosis, people with a history of untreated or inadequately treated TB disease. And so um, if a person has latent TB, sometimes they are put on medication so it doesn't become active. So if you're treated for it or you don't get to complete your course of treatment or you stop taking it early on because you feel better, um, then you can have issues with it reoccurring or coming back. Patients who are on, or I should say persons who are receiving immunosuppressive therapy for other conditions or immunosuppressive drug therapy following an organ transplant. So your immune system is down. 
Let's look at some other people who are at risk for tuberculosis. Persons with diabetes mellitus, mm -hmm. chronic renal failure, leukemia, or cancer of the head, neck, or lungs. This also makes you weakened to this very invasive and aggressive bacteria. Cigarette smokers, well, we just know that makes sense. People who abuse drugs and alcohol, typically these patients are not the healthiest. If you're abusing drugs and alcohol, you're not eating right, you have nutritional deficiencies, you're not taking care of yourself. And then populations defined locally as having an increased incident of disease due to M tuberculosis, including the medically underserved and low income populations. Now, tuberculosis is almost guaranteed to be on your NCLEX exam because it affects a great number of the population. I think one third of the global population has tuberculosis, whether it's a latent or an active form. Now, not so much probably in the States are we dealing with it, but you go outside of the country, you will see tuberculosis can wreak havocs on populations, or even if it's not identified early on in this country, it can spread, it can spread. All right, um, so let's go and let's talk about tuberculosis when it is uh, in the lungs and when it's not in the lungs, because that's a thing. So sites of tuberculosis, remember, this is a bacterial infection and you have a whole body that bacteria can invade. So when we see tuberculosis, most of the time we're automatically assuming that it is affecting what organ? If we talk about tuberculosis, just from a first mention, our minds directly go to the lungs, right? The lungs. And for the most part, that's cool. NCLEX is going to rock with you there. But tuberculosis can be in other parts of the body. And so for NCLEX, particularly next-gen NCLEX, we want to know that. So let's do this. Um, now, tuberculosis does most commonly affect the lungs, and this is referred to as pulmonary tuberculosis. And we know that clients with pulmonary tuberculosis usually have a cough and um, an abnormal chest X-ray, and it may be infectious, right? And so we're using our airborne precautions. We're putting on the N95 mask. We're really protecting ourselves, but Extra pulmonary, outside of the lungs, extra pulmonary tuberculosis is a thing. And this is why it's so important for you to come to these study sessions because we are in the, the mentality that, hey, I might learn something new today. I don't know everything. Let me pop into Monday Motivation and let's sit down and look at this in a more detailed fashion. So extra pulmonary tuberculosis disease occurs in other places other than the lungs. Yeah. So the second most common place that tuberculosis tends to uh, hide or, or, or um, live is the lymph nodes. And so I have here the posterior cervical lymph nodes. Oh, I'm taking you back to anatomy class. So right now, I'm asking you to touch your 
posterior cervical lymph nodes. Where are they? Come on. This is assessment nursing 101. I'm talking about posterior. So we know posterior is not the front, but the back. And then I'm talking to you about cervical. And so cervical is a, it's a, it's a direction related to your what? To your spinal column. So if I said posterior cervical, I'm talking about, am I talking about the top part of the spine or the lower part of the spine? Where's the posterior cervical lymph nodes going to be? Ah, gotta love nursing. So I'm talking about the top, right? The cervical. So like right here, the back of the neck, that is where tuberculosis will be most likely if it's not in your lungs. Okay. Also the pleura, um, the brain, the kidneys and the bones and joints. And so the cervical is the top portion of your spinal column. Very good. Very good. Okay. Now, so we know the difference between pulmonary and extra pulmonary just on a very basis notes. And we know most of tuberculosis will be in the pulmonary situation ship, but tuberculosis can be in other places. Cool. So uh, how are we, how are we diagnosing tuberculosis? How are we diagnosing tuberculosis? The sputum culture is going to be the number one thing that you're going to see on, on NCLEX. The sputum culture, this positive for mycobacterium tuberculosis in the active stage. You want to be able to see it if it's active. Doing the ELISA or the Western blot test is not necessarily for TB. What is that for? Why would the doctor um, write an order for this test? The enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay test, the LISA or Western blot. Why would why would the doctor write that? What's the purpose of that? Yes, 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 yes. I see the comments. Everybody's saying HIV. Yes, HIV. And why would the doctor want to know that? Because if a patient's coming in and they're having a cough, a fever, night sweats, then the doctor is, hey, is this tuberculosis or should I run this test for HIV? Remember, tuberculosis can look like a lot of other diseases. So this ELISA test is for a differential diagnosis. I love it to rule out HIV. I know what you mean here. To rule out HIV. Exactly. Now, the other ones kind of make sense. If we're having a chest X-ray, that may show us some uh, infiltrates or, or lesions uh, that may be associated with advanced TB. We could check it out. CT or MRI can, again, show us if there's any lung damage and the degree of that. It may also help to confirm a diagnosis. <clears throat> Bronchoscopy shows inflammation of the lung tissue. And uh, it can be done if the sputum sample is inconclusive or if, in, if it's inadequate. So that makes sense. Uh, histolic or tissue cultures, they, these can also be positive for in, in, um, tuberculosis bacteria. We should be able to see that there. Needle biopsy of lung tissue. Again, we will be able to see the large cells. 
of tuberculosis. Also, we could see if there's any necrosis, if there's any necrosis in, in the lung tissue. Uh, pulmonary function site studies will show us uh, how the lungs are performing, if there's any decreased capacity or dead space, and uh, the oxygenation that is able to be obtained from the healthy or unhealthy lung tissue. All right, what is the treatment? So I have here for you guys the, there's a four month treatment and a six to nine month treatment plan. For us as nurses, we don't have to know which is appropriate for which. It'll be the doctor's preference. I get that question a lot where nurses are like, um, you know, if there's several medications to treat a disease, which one do we go with? That's really not our job. Our job is just to make sure that the medication is appropriate and that we're giving it in the correct manner. The doctor is gonna determine the specific type of medication that he or she likes to work with and then also what is appropriate based off your patient's history. So don't get caught up in the four month and six month but just be familiar with kind of like the feel and the vibe of these names because these are all TB medications, all right? If you are just coming in, if you are just coming in, if you are just coming in, we're talking about tuberculosis on today and we're getting down to the nitty gritty of the medications, okay? Um, so we have the four month TB treatment regimen is the daily, oh Lord help me, rifampentine, <laughs> rifampentine, all right, the moxifloxacin, the isoniazid, and the pyrazinamide, there we go, all right, and so these are all TB medications, and I'm pretty sure if you go to your, if you have quick facts for NCLEX, there is a TB section here, tuberculosis. And um, I have here the mnemonic for the TB antibiotics is STRIPE, okay? Streptomycin, rifampin, isoniazid, pyzoridamide, and ethylbutol, all right? And so these are the medications that you need to know. I have here the most common side effects of the antibiotics for tuberculosis is going to be peripheral neuritis. All right. So this is in quick facts. Check out the tuberculosis section because it's going to be a condensed version of everything we did here. But um, the, the best facts will come out of the quick facts. All right. Um, so again, the TB medications are going to be prescribed based off of the, the provider's, the provider's preference. Pretty much about the TB medications, you know, you have to typically be over the age of 12 and over 88 pounds in order to have these, um, these medications. What page is that? Um, this is page number 61 in my book. All right. So um, this is the five-star quick facts. That's the page. All right. It's almost time for 
questions just like that. Here we go. Our nursing considerations is this. It is the, the nurse instructs the client about the correct positioning to facilitate drainage and also increase fluid intake to promote systemic hydration. If the secretions are thin, then the, the, the patient is able to cough them up and also it's less taxing on the body. Also, keeping your medication regimen on target for the time is very important so that the medication can be therapeutic. Promoting activity and adequate nutrition, of course, educate the client on proper hygienic measures, including mouth care and also covering the mouth and nose when coughing and sneezing, proper disposal of the tissues and also hand washing. And then we also have to be mindful of the medication and the adverse effects of the, the tuberculosis medication. And there are some, there are some, that's what I'm telling you guys to get into quick facts to make sure that you are being mindful of that, being mindful of that because the, well, let me just go to the questions. Okay. It's time for how to pass NCLEX questions on the screen. And I'm putting it on, I'm putting it on YouTube today to unlock our questions. We have not, we, we haven't, un, we haven't been unlocking the questions. So I am putting it on YouTube to like the video to see if we can unlock our questions for the day. And I think the fifth question may be the, the most challenging, but let me just warm y'all up. Here we go. First question is this. Let's see. What is it? Okay. Here we go. The nurse, the nurse asked, how tuberculosis is spread. Okay, where the, 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 the client asked the nurse how tuberculosis is spread, okay? Which of the following is the best response of the nurse? Number one, through insect bites. Two, the nurse touching infected surfaces. Three, shouting from infected person. Or four, contact with infected mouth care. Huh. Here we go. The client asked the nurse how tuberculosis spreads. What sayeth you guys? Remar nurses attention to this question. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Hey. Amazing. Amazing. It looks like everybody's on the same page. And I'm liking that. Love that. Here we go. Good job. It is number, it is number three. You guys got that one. So remember, TB is spread from person to person through the air. M tuberculosis is carried in airborne particles called droplet nuclei of one to five microns in diameter. And these infectious droplet nuclei are generated when persons who have pulmonary or laryngeal TB disease cough sneeze, shout, or sing. Good job. Okay, so you guys got that one. All right, so what y'all, y'all TV, everybody here is a TV nurse, y'all TV experts. Let me tell you this, 450 people are watching on YouTube right now. We have 102 likes. If we can get to 180 likes, uh, we're moving on. We're going to progress. All right, here we go. Next question is this. TB disease most commonly affects which part of the body? Come on in, fast fingers. Y'all should be getting fives out of fives today. 
the bones, the lungs, the kidneys, or the skin. All right. Hey, come on in. I'm giving y'all 10 seconds to put the correct answer down. We're going to roll through this one just so we are clear. If you are a first time nursing student and you're just joining us, welcome to this community. We love you here. We want you to do well. We want you to feel well. We want you to know that nursing is for you. You're going to learn all this tough stuff and you're going to learn it in a community that cares. So I said lungs. I knew you guys were going to get that one. So Entry-level nurses, when we talk about tuberculosis, we are more than likely thinking of pulmonary tuberculosis. And this is where the client will present with a cough. They'll have an abnormal chest X-ray and they may be infectious. They may be infectious. Although the majority of tuberculosis cases are pulmonary, we know extra pulmonary tuberculosis can occur at almost any anatomical site, okay? Uh, or as a disseminated disease. Next question. Tuberculosis is commonly caused by which microorganism? Mycobacterium pneumonia, tuberculosa bacilla, Staphylococcus aureus, Escheria coli. What do we say? Ah, I think I may have got somebody on this one. Ah, ah, ah. Don't be too quick. Part of NCLEX doing well and NCLEX success is reading. Reading is fundamental. You got to read what's there, not what's in your own mind. Okay. All right. Correct answer here was number two. I put myocobacterium and some of you guys just saw that and you didn't recognize that i have put pneumonia instead of tuberculosis <laughs> all right so that would have been incorrect this number two guys all right and yeah if you chose one and then you didn't read well you didn't read the whole thing you were rushing you got to slow down. You got to slow down. So the um, tuberculosis is an airborne disease, okay? Bacterium, myocobacterium tuberculosis, or tuberculobacilli would have been another one. And this is a, a serious infectious disease that mainly affects the lungs. And so this is how you can fail NCLEX. That question is a perfect example of how if you're not reading everything and taking your time, you can miss very, very easy NCLEX questions. You can miss easy NCLEX questions. And so when you miss an easy NCLEX question, it can bump you down below the passing standard. So take your time, guys, no matter, some people think, oh my goodness, these questions are too easy for me. Like some, I, I get comments like that. Like, why are the questions so easy? And it's because sometimes it's the easy ones that you guys get wrong, all right? So we're gonna do all types. We're gonna do all types of questions. All right. Next question is, are we on number, wait, are we already on number three? Hold on one second. Did we do it already? Oh, we are just flying through these questions. Oh my goodness. All right. Do, are we going to unlock the, the, the question? We're already on question number four. Okay. Leon, 26 year old is coughing for three weeks. Now the healthcare provider orders, which diagnostic test to confirm tuberculosis? Number one, a sputum culture. Two, urinalysis. 
three, complete blood count. Four, fecal lysis. Uh, what do you guys say? <laughs> Everybody's slowing down right now and they're looking at it. They're like, sputum culture, <laughs> urinalysis. Yeah, that's how I want you guys to be. You got five hours for your exam. You can you can slow down and read. All right, right answer is uh okay. Yeah. Sputum culture. Good job. Sputum culture, we need a positive test here to confirm that your patient has an active infection. Active infection. All right. There's no trick. I'm not tricking you guys. I'm literally just putting things in front of you and I want you to be able to pick the correct answer. So I'm looking, did we make, I'm, I'm watching us on YouTube. Did we make it? I think we did. I think we have it. All right. So we're going to unlock it. Congratulations. Four for four, like four for four. All right. Let's go four for five. Let's see. You guys did. And hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. You unlocked it. Number five is this. Ooh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, all right. Let me show it to you guys. Okay. Mila is on six-month treatment for TB. Her urine turns reddish-orange and is concerned about her condition. Here we go. The nurse informs Mila that this medication can have such side effects. Rifampin. Isoniazid. Pyrazinamide. Ethambutol. Here we go. How well do you know your TB medications? I purposely did not give y'all the answer to this. I just told y'all to study the TB medications, but you best to know this because um, when the urine and the tears turn orange, patients are not going to want to take this medication and they have to remember they have to. Okay. Correct answer is, oh, I hope you got this right. I hope you got this right. It is number one. Yes, the nurse should inform the client that some of the medication for treating tuberculosis, they have side effects. Rifampin can cause urine, saliva, sputum, sweat, teeth, and tears to turn a reddish orange to reddish brown color. Yay! So many four for five, four for fives and five for fives. I'm happy with that. So this is to be expected. Um, this also, this is, hey, this also is why soft contact lenses, this is a, a teaching point in your patient. Um, they may have to replace them or use daily uh, disposable lenses. And so that's an extra charge for patients that they may not be, um, may not be aware of. Okay, you guys did so good today. Oh my goodness, that makes me feel good to be back. You guys came, you showed up, you knew this subject. And so now tuberculosis has been served. But remember, the major points for today were literally this, the difference between latent and, and latent tuberculosis and then the tuberculosis disease, and then also pulmonary versus extra pulmonary tuberculosis. So I want you to leave knowing those things. Well, we're not done yet. Let's continue to go on. Let's get into this. Our Monday motivation failure is not the end of the road. And this is so important. And I haven't really addressed this 
um, with the fake nursing license. I have been reserving my comments on that. I'm going to talk about it today. All right. So, you know, do you ever feel like, do you ever feel like you want to quit, like quit studying, quit reviewing, quit trying? Nursing is one of those things that it's like, it gets really tough sometimes, really, really tough. And so for a lot of people, if you don't pass NCLEX, or if you're not passing your classes, you fail your class, you, you, you know, you have to repeat a semester. Oh my goodness. Giving up is a real option. It really is. My, my sister just, uh, she just got her, um, she just graduated from PN school and it wasn't, wasn't how we planned it would be for her. She had to take, a she had to take a, a class over again. And she was just like, man, I do not feel like doing this. I do not want to do this. You know, she had got COVID twice from going to clinicals and then they didn't let her make up the classes. It was just really weird. So um, for a lot of us, it's like, oh, man, I, it's, this is an option. I don't want to do it, but like I'm on the brink of just quitting. <laughs> and, um, you know, many, many people, it could be a, a reason why maybe you failed in CLEX many times. You got ejected, rejected. You got degraded by your teachers. You feel abused, right? You, you feel like you're not appreciated in your nursing program or marginalized or segregated, all those things, you know? Um, and you just feel like failure is it. It is it. Um, but I, I do want us, even in this uh, really real experience, I want us to realize that actually part of failing is expected and normal on your road to where you're supposed to be. And literally failure allows you to develop a certain character. When you have the perseverance to persist in times of failure, it helps you to be prepared for the success that is to come to you. The success is coming, okay? Um, and so I have here, just remember when we fail, we should learn and move forward. So don't look at it as like a failure experience. Look at it as this is part of my journey. I, I can expect that I don't always win. Because what happens when you don't understand how times of failure can be teachable moments or normal and expected, this is how we get into a situation where over 7,000 people have been found to have fake nursing licenses because they didn't know how to deal with failure. They didn't understand that you may not get it on your first try and that's okay. And so they try to go around the process. They try to avoid the failure. They try to avoid, they try to avoid what it actually takes to become a nurse. And that's staying in a profession when things get hard. That's learning how to develop a core a foundation of strength so that when somebody's life is on the line, you don't chicken out. Okay. And so now, uh, now because people always wanted to be up, they always want 
to uh, have success. They don't want to, uh, man, I could go on and on and on. Gosh, y'all, we just took a big loss. Publicly, we took a huge loss. When Operation Nightingale became public, the entirety of nurses now have to validate our license, all of us, even you without a license, because now you're going to come into a profession that has been known to um, scam, right? Now you're coming into a profession where nurses used to be like, right? We, we, we just were awarded again, the most trusted profession. We have been awarded the most trusted profession for over 20 years. That was what my TikTok was about. You couldn't, when it, when it came to who the public trusted, you couldn't touch a nurse. We're, we're more trusted than police officers, firefighters, preschool teachers. We're more trusted than uh, whoever, the president. People trusted nurses. They trusted us to be honest. They trusted us to do what's right for them, right? I don't think we have that anymore because now people know that nurses will cut corners. Nurses will um, buy their credentials. They will scheme and scam to have the appearance of somebody that is knowledgeable and competent, but they're not. And so now every time I walk into a room or you walk into a room, there is the, the thing in the back of our patient's mind is, is this nurse's license for real or does she buy it? And what makes it even sad is, oh, what makes it even sad is that already before this came out on the news, it was hard for some nurses to be respected based off of the hard work they've done. Nurses that look like me. I saw something on TikTok where a man was like, oh, if you want to, if you want a fake nursing license, just reach out to the Haitian community, right? And you can get a fake nursing license. This man was not a nurse. This man was commenting on a news report. And so he, in his mind, felt bold enough to say that Haitian nurses are connected to faith licenses. Do you know all the hard work that Haitian nurses have to do in order to get a license? And now they have, you know, this association or for a, a, a patient to say, if a nurse is international or black or Hispanic or any other minority group, no, I don't want that nurse because their license might be fake. That's a big problem. That was a problem before this. That was a problem before this. And so now, because people don't want to endure failure, they, they took a shortcut and now everybody suffers. Everybody suffers now. We all are suffering. Um, and so we have to, now, now we're forced. We're forced to defend each other because before, I, like I said, before bullying inside of nurses, inside of nursing was a problem. OK, <laughs> we would be mean to each other. We would bully each other. That's always been an issue with nurses. If you know, you know. Right. We were mean to each other. Now 
We have outsiders being mean to us and we can't have that. And we also have to acknowledge that this profession, whether you have, even if you have a real license, right? Even if you go to school for years and years and struggle to pass NCLEX, you're still gonna make a mistake. You're still expected to make mistakes. You have to, you have to be in an environment where you're able to learn from your mistakes. But we're in a situation now where, goodness, if you make a mistake, somebody's going to accuse you of not having a real nursing license. That's dangerous. This, this whole environment that we're in now as nurses, we are going to all have to work together to come up out of it. We're going to have to come up out of it. We can't be on TikTok joking about whether this nurse or that nurse has a, a, a fake license. Like that's not, I don't have time for them type of jokes. Everybody outside of nursing is already talking about that. I'm, I, we got to be talking about how can we help each other? How can we help our new graduate nurses come into this environment and not feel ashamed if they don't know what a you know, Tylenol or Motrin is? But no, we're sitting around laughing at the situation like it's not affecting everybody. This situation is affecting every single nurse right now. There is no one group of nurses that this is this is pertaining to because patients are talking about it. Mm. Oh, man. Failure is part of the process. Failure is part of the process. Like if you can't stand possibly failing the NCLEX, then this is not the profession for you. Because there are so many bigger battles in nursing than the NCLEX. Wait till you get into it. You're going to see. You're going to see that NCLEX is a small thing. It's a small thing. Um, and so I want you guys to get over this hump. We need y'all in nursing right now. Because the shortage just got shorter. Now, there was already a shortage of nurses. But now, uh, a lot of us aren't even supposed to be working. So the shortage has just gotten shorter. So everybody that has truly done the educational portion of it, come on in. We need you. All right. Um, and then, you know, don't just focus on your own situation. Know that you're called into a ministry. You're, you're called into a ministry. And so you have what it takes to do well here. A lot of people get into nursing because they want, you know, they, they want the money. They think that the money is worth it. But think about whatever price that those, those individuals paid for their nursing license, it's not worth it. The money that they made for a short period of time is not going to be worth the jail time <laughs> that they about to serve for, you know, endangering the public. There's always going to be scams. There's always going to be shortcuts. There are always going to be um, uh, illegal things that you can do to escape reality. But when you become a nurse, you have to have a certain character. You have to have an honest character or you're not going to make it. You can't come into the profession lying. You can't come into this type of profession lying. All right. Um, 
every day we're 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 faced with the ability to have narcotics in our hand if you're a liar if you're a thief you're not going to be able to stay with these type of medications you're going to be stealing medications from patients when patients come in they give you their money they give you their purse we have to ask for okay let me count all the money that you have so i can take it to security if you're a thief if you're a liar, you're not going to be able to have the type of responsibility that nurses are given every single day, day in and day out. You're not going to last in this profession. So there has to be some moral value, some moral character that you don't succumb to the vices of everybody else. Okay. Um, and sometimes failing, sometimes failing NCLEX humbles us. And, and it, it allows us to grow in areas that we're not strong in. So some of us need that, okay? Okay, all right, that's all. That's all I gotta say about it, guys. We're gonna overcome it. We're gonna do what we have to do. It's just really sad that literally um, there are people who have worked years and years and years and years to allow us to have this certain prestige of honesty and trustworthiness in our profession and it's just gone. It's like, it's gone, it's gone. Everybody's questioning every nurse. And I just wanted to say, you know, to me, it's not a laughing matter. I don't think it's funny at all. I don't think it's funny at all because we are gonna have to get in the trenches and dig our way out of this very big hole that's been created, very big hole. And it's gonna be even tougher to get into nursing school and it's going to be even tougher to get out of nursing school. And, you know, we're all going to have to work together. So morals, ethics, yes. No shortcuts. I don't have time for scammers on no level. They're, they're all over nursing students. Every time you turn around, you can look on any post, any video, and you can see five or six scammers talking about, I just passed with Miss Henrietta or I just did this, or, you know, they're everywhere, guys. And if you didn't know now, now you know that they are not to be trusted. Don't hook up with them because they're going to leave you. They're going to leave you looking real crazy. All those nurses that's about to get their license taken away. And it's some legit students that were literally in that school, in those schools saying, I signed up for this school and I was expecting to have a full nursing program. And when they were telling us we didn't have to go to clinicals, we didn't have to do that, I didn't know. You know, but guess what? At the end of the day, not knowing, right? Not knowing is not enough for you to get avoid punishment. You're still gonna get the consequences when something is not right, it don't look right, it don't sound right, don't go forward with it. You can't say you don't know. It's just like when you get in front of the NCLEX. You can't sit there and say, well, nobody told me this. Well, I don't know. My nursing school didn't tell me. Nobody told me. You know, not knowing is not an excuse. We're adults. We are adults. Even kids. Sometimes when you don't know something, you still going to get the consequence of just not knowing. So um, do what we got to do. Do what we got to do now. All right. Um, that's all. That's it. Thank you for coming to my TED talk about this nursing shortage.
and these nursing scams. It's good. We're going to get over it. We're going to keep praying and we are going to, we're going to move forward because that's all we got. This is our ministry. We don't have nowhere else to go, but we got to make the best of it. We got to just make sure that the people that get into it, you know, they deserve it. They deserve it. They, you know, and um, yeah, there's people that are hurt on every level. So let's be nurses and let's care for the community. Okay. Let's be nurses. Let's care for the community. All right. So end of the day, failure is not the end of the road. It is a stepping stone to do better. It's a stepping stone to do better. Okay. And we all can do better. We all can do better. All right. Also, hey guys, the Love Your Content event is coming. Me and Mark are working very hard to make this uh, Valentine's Day special for you. If you don't have a Valentine's Day, please let it be me. Please let it be me. And come to the Maternity NCLEX Review. It's going to be the day after thanks, uh, the day after Valentine's Day. I'm, I'm working on the workbook. I'm working on the workbook. So that will be coming out for you guys. And we're going to do it like we have not done it before as we get ready, as we get ready for next-gen NCLEX. Also, V2 is available to you. I'm going to take some questions specifically about V2. I know you guys might have some. And I want to, let me see, I want to make sure that I'm answering V2 questions because we are doing so many um so many uh, updates, additions, things like that into the V2 that I want to make sure if you guys have questions about the question bank of V2 or anything else that you are able to ask me now. Look, guys, I'm so happy. We have almost 2,000 questions in the V2 question bank. That's huge for me because when we released it in um, November, we only had 1,100. So every day we're putting new questions in, uh, more case studies. We're going to be focusing on putting easy case studies in. I think we have 10 easy case studies um, in the in the question bank. And I just want to get, I want you guys to be very familiar with doing the block of six questions. Very familiar with that. So let's do it. What questions do you have now? All right. Um, I didn't have access to the question bank for V VT or V2. If you have V2, the, okay, let me say this. If you have the trial version, a lot of people are trialing the V2, which I don't mind. Go in there, look at the lectures, but you won't have access to the question bank in the trial version of V2, okay? Um, are we still doing the 30-day challenge? Yes, we're still doing the 30-day challenge. I said earlier in the broadcast, because I was sick last week, I wasn't able to record, but I will be recording those today. How do I access the QBank for my PN? Okay, so if you have, I think this is a PN, this might be the RN one, but the question bank is right over here. So if you go to the question bank here, you will be able to create your test here um, and you'll see how many questions that you have. You do have to enter a test name, okay? Uh, and you'll be able to create your, uh, your questions here. Oh, so I was wrong. So there's 20 easy case studies. Let me do this. Let me just do a daily. There's 20 easy case studies here. And that is cool. I'm going to do that. Let me do. Let me see what the, that it was 10. All right. So you should be able to create a quiz just that way. And again, you can do, um, you can do your questions 
follow the study calendar, please. Study, follow the study calendar because that will have you doing questions from the question bank and then also studying content. Okay. What's the difference? Okay. What is the difference between trial, oh, trial and V2? Yeah, that's a great question. So with the trial of the V2, you can just pop in there and you can watch the lectures. You can watch like the first five lectures of V2. You can um, look at the study calendar and I think you can do one or two quizzes, but you won't have access to the question bank like I just did. And you, uh, you won't have access to the file vault either with the trial. So right now the V2 is just $89 still. We're still doing that price. So when you try it out and you like it, just go ahead and commit to it. Uh, these are the bow tie questions. I remember somebody saying that they didn't see bow tie questions. Um, these again are for next gen NCLEX, but for V2, we do have them for you guys now if you want to do them. The, the bow tie questions to me are, I, I mean, I feel like they're, they're kind of easy in a sense because there's, they're basically just select all that apply. All right, there are three questions. Like if you look at the bow tie questions, you have a select two that apply on the left, a select two that apply on the right, and then you just have a simple single choice in the middle. So these, these are easy questions to me. And I think the more that you guys are exposed to them, the better you will feel about them. That's it, that's really it. And so they're here. Um, for you guys. And I love, I love doing them myself too. All right. What else? All right. Regina is so true. I had scammers coming onto my timeline. Oh yeah. The scammers are everywhere. You guys have to be careful who you, um, who you give your money to. All right. Um, somebody says do example of create a name on the test question. Oh, well, when I say create a name, it's just because on the V2, like if you go to the question bank, you have to create a name because if you go to the question bank, V2 will have your test history down here. And so these are the names that you created. So if you don't have a name, then V2 won't know how to categorize it for you. Okay. So the name can be anything. You can put whatever you want. You could put um, January 30th test date or, you know, my nephrology test date. Don't, you don't have to worry. It doesn't have to be super complicated. Just put a name, okay? Okay, um, is V2 good for repeat test takers? Yes, absolutely. My program is designed for repeat test takers. That is the audience that I cater to. Typically, by the time people find me, by the time people find me, they have already taken and failed in NCLEX. So I'm always happy when I see nursing students who are, are new to the NCLEX world here. But most of the time, y'all know, repeat test takers, international nurses, welcome home. Okay. Um, let's see what else. If my schedule, if I schedule for my test in March, V2 will V2 help. Yes, V2 will help because it is the content. It's my lectures. This, those are the things that I think are the foundation of your 
um, confidence, your education, and understanding the test plan. The NCLEX test plan is very specific on topics that it will be exploring. So I want you to save time by reviewing the information from the test plan. You don't have to know everything to pass NCLEX. You just kind of have to know what everybody else knows, all right? Which is new nurses with no experience. That's it, all right? And so if you can do well on, on certain major topics, you can pass your NCLEX. And even though I have next gen items in the question bank, those are optional. You don't have to do the next gen items. They're good to do, but you don't have to. All right. Um, how do I set my question bank? How do I set my question bank if I don't want the next gen questions? That's good. Okay, let me show you. So if you're in V2 questions, great. Um, yeah. Okay, so if we're in V2 questions and we're gonna create a test, the only thing you have to do is you just unclick the subjects, okay? So now that all the subjects are unclicked, then you can, let me go, let me go to moderate. Then you can just click the, you can just click the subjects that you want. So the NGN items, just don't click that box. The NGN case studies, don't click the NGN, the next gen stuff. So you can still do critical care. Um, you can still do pharmacology, maternal, you know, maternal and child health. And you won't get right now, you won't get any, okay? You shouldn't get any next gen um, case studies or items if you uncheck it, all right? If you uncheck it. All right, congratulations. I see somebody passed, Miriam. All right. Um, somebody says, if you already have the VT textbook, do you need to still download V2? You can, you, you, you kind of do because the VT textbook has questions in it that are not in V2 and vice versa. So all the V2 questions are new. They're not from the old program. So if you are looking for those answers, you won't find them in the VT. So there's a downloadable workbook in your file vault in V2. Download that workbook. It's just a hundred and something pages. Okay. What is the date that the NGN test will start? Is there anybody who is there anyone who knows that date? Is there anybody who knows when NGN starts? NGN starts, everybody's probably saying, yes, NGN starts April 1st. So we are 63 days away. I'm, I'm doing a countdown and I believe we're 63 days away. April 1st, yes. Okay, April 1st. All right, guys, um, the introductory price, somebody says, I think you should do the next generation because when you test, you have to do this on the research. Yeah, so you you will see next gen items on the test, on the research section of the test. So that's optional for you to do. But yeah, April 1st, definitely, definitely April 1st, you will be doing next gen questions. Okay. All right. What else? April 1st, April 1st. Okay. All right, guys, I'm going to get off of here. This is my first day back in the studio and I'm going to get into the V2 so that we can do some more 30 day NCLEX challenges. We do still have 
the love your content sign up going on so if you have not signed up for that event it is coming we're almost in february i really like cannot even believe how fast this year is going we will be doing next gen I, it just seems like it's just right around the corner so serious remarnurse.com forward slash love if you can take inclex in february or march you need to do it like you need to do it you need to sign up and just do it because you may surprise yourself and you may pass which is great and then you don't have to take it after april so if you have the possibilities i know some of you guys are testing very soon i am so looking forward to your testimonial it's been a long time coming and now is the time now is the time okay so i will see you guys later i'll see you guys on wednesday wednesday happy to be back happy to be back in the studio with you guys thank you so much for watching i will see you later Bye bye